Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. There's an African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. The Christian life is not a sprint, it's a marathon. And in order to finish the race faithfully, we need other people to help us and encourage us. Today, as Pastor Jim teaches from the Apostle Paul's final letter, he highlights the importance of serving in your church and having Christian brothers and sisters around you. Take time today to consider ways that you can serve your church or other believers with your gifts. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4 as he continues his message, Faithful to the End. If you are part of this church, and you are not serving in your church, in this church, let me tell you, we need your gifts. I don't know what they are. It doesn't matter what they are. I know that we need them. And in essence, you are ripping us off by not sharing your gifts with us. And there are so many people that are so gifted in so many different areas And I find myself, and we find ourselves as the staff of the church here, involved in areas we know we are not gifted in. We might even say, if we're honest, we are incompetent in. (laughs) But we are involved in them, waiting for the gifted to step up. And so he didn't do ministry alone. Someone said, what about Acts 17? We did a sermon on that. Yeah, he was in Athens. He seemed to be doing ministry alone while he was waiting for other people. So he was not like the kind of guy like, well, I got to wait for others to show up. No, he went out and did it. He was the leader of the team. Verse 11, he says, Tychicus, I've sent to Ephesus. It could be that Tychicus is the one carrying this letter. Or it could be that he's just sent there so Timothy would be comfortable that a good man, Tychicus, would be pastoring the church while Timothy was visiting Paul in prison. Don't worry, don't worry, I've covered your church. I'm going to make sure it's okay. The people will be in good hands. Verse 11, he says, only Luke is with me. Luke was a doctor. This is how bad this guy's life was. He had to have a traveling doctor with him. <laughs> he was always having some problem. He was a caretaker of Paul. He was, a, he was a ministry partner. He could be the writer of this letter. We don't know. We do know that he wrote the Gospel of Luke and he wrote the book of Acts. And interesting, their friendship must have been really interesting because like the Apostle Paul and unlike most of the other apostles, both the Apostle Paul and Luke were both very well educated. And so they must have had some great discussions. I mean, I was with, last week I was with uh, two guys, my, my oldest son, who has a master's in computer science, talking to another guy who has his degree in computer science, and I, they were talking, for, I don't know, for a half hour, 45 minutes, an hour, I don't know how long it was, and I did really not understand a word they were saying. I was just, I was just enjoying watching them have this discussion. I understood what AI was and cybersecurity and chat CBT or whatever they call it. See, I don't even know it, right? 
I could understand a few of the things they were saying, but most of what they were talking about, I did not understand. You say, well, why would you stand there? I love the enthusiasm. And I said, oh, would that God's people would be this enthusiastic about Jesus as these guys are about computers. Yet the Apostle Paul, still ministering to the end, realizes he needs more help in Rome, that there's much ministry still to be done in Rome until he dies. Now, let's go back to the second half of verse 11. If you don't, if you know the story, it's a good reminder. If you don't, this is a wonderful piece of encouragement for those who you who feel you have failed God. The second part of verse 11 is, it's a thing of beauty. It says this, get Mark and bring him with you for he is useful to me for ministry or for service. Now, to some of you, you go, oh, big deal. All these guys are good. It's like they're all good for helping the Apostle Paul. Well, let's go back, far back in history. Early in Acts 13, Mark was the cousin of Barnabas. Barnabas was really the guy who helped Paul get raised up in ministry. His nickname is, his name means the son of encouragement. And so Mark was out in the mission field with Paul and Barnabas, and he deserted them. And in Acts chapter 15, two chapters later, he resurfaces a while later. Now, let's get this straight. The apostle Paul and Barnabas were the dream team. They were the dudes. They were it. I mean, they were the guys who went out, they got sent out from the church at Antioch, and they were like, we got to send these guys out, and they went out to the world. Now, at first, Barnabas was the guy who knew what he was talking about, he taught the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul just rocketed right past him. Took a while, but it rocketed right past him. So they're out in the field, and then Barnabas says, my cousin Mark, let's have him with us. And when he comes back, after deserting them, sometimes he's known in the Bible as John Mark. He's actually believed to be the naked guy running away in the Gospel of Mark. They had a falling out over Mark. Eventually, Mark will write the Gospel of Mark. We believe that Peter took him under his wing, and basically Peter dictated the Gospel of Mark to him. So, let's summarize Mark's ministry. He gets fired by the Apostle Paul. He breaks up the dream team. He breaks up the all-star missionary team, and the Apostle Paul says what? Bring him here. He's useful for ministry. He's useful for service. Now, there are indications that, that Mark had been serving with the Apostle Paul after Peter was martyred. What had happened? Mark had learned his lesson. It was the hard way, it was difficult, it stung, it was probably very embarrassing for him, but what did the Apostle Paul show him? Grace. Grace. Now he was useful to the Apostle Paul. I'm sure he did his best to set things right, Mark. Not just coming back and going, oh, sorry, can I have a job? 
Those are phonies. What did I mess up? Is there anybody I need to talk to? Are there any people that blame you for this, Paul? What do I need to do? Are there any people that walked away from the faith because of our falling out? Send me to them. I need to go talk to them. I need to go tell them that I did it, that I, didn't, I wasn't really truthful when I came back. I said, oh, Paul's so difficult. You know, he's out there preaching. He's telling me, set up the chairs, kid. Get people stuff in the drink, right? That was his gopher. So Luke, here you have, Luke is what? The faithful friend. And Mark is the once unfaithful restored disciple. What a group of people the Lord uses, huh? Absolutely unbelievable. Maybe you have fallen away from the Lord. Maybe you once walked with the Lord, or maybe you had an opportunity that you were given somewhere one time in the ministry or, or something like that, and you just, you just did not do well with it, or you gave up too soon, or you had a bad day, and you walked away, and you were upset, and you quit, or whatever, because, you know, whatever, whatever. It happens in our church. Usually, Sunday afternoon, people send an email. I, I, don't want to, people say, I don't want to serve anymore. So I meet with them. You know what almost all of them say? Can we forget that I sent that email? Why did they send it? They had a bad day. And I go, okay, I'll forget it. And they go, can you put me back on the schedule? And I go, never took you off. <laughs> right? Never took you off. We'll have bad days. We'll have bad days. It's okay. It's not a big deal. You know, just try not to let it get the better of you. So let Mark give you hope that despite failure, you are useful for ministry. Trust you. Trust me on this one. You are useful for ministry. And sometimes it is those who have failed the biggest and crashed the hardest that become the most useful. Or who really just lacked faith and gave up who become very, very useful. Remember, we don't have to serve. We get to serve. I don't have to do this. I get to do this. And people ask me all the time, they'll see me and they'll go, so do you get nervous before you talk? I always go, not unless people ask me. I, when I stand and the music's playing, I'm just standing there like this. I'm like the football players during the national anthem. You know, they're kind of rocking back and forth, getting ready for the game, and I'm going like, I can't believe I get to do this. I can't believe I get to do this. Verse 13, he says, bring my cloak and my study materials. He says, I left, the, I left them with Carpus at Troas. Could be a friend, could be where he was arrested. Now, the cloak could be used as a jacket or a blanket, and we're not sure what the reading materials are. Could be the Word of God, the Old Testament, the words of Jesus, notes that he had, records that he had, the history of William Tyndale, the, the uh, Bible translator, and of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was a, a pastor in Nazi Germany, got out and knew that things were so bad and went back. <laughs> and when he was in prison, both of these men kind of had similar requests. How practical the Apostle Paul is. He says what? Come to me, Timothy. I need what? I need friends. Bring my jacket. It's cold. I need a blanket. And bring the books. But I wonder how many Christians 
Skip number one and number three. Bring the, bring the jacket, I don't want to be cold. Bring the blanket, I want to sleep better at night. But they don't see the need, like the Apostle Paul does, for Christian friends, for people to encourage. Paul told the Romans, I can't wait to encourage you and to be encouraged by you. Did you ever think that the Apostle Paul needed encouragement? Sometimes we think our friends don't need encouragement. You are completely wrong. You're completely wrong. We all need it. We all need it. Now, don't send me a bunch of emails tonight, okay? Find somebody else and encourage them that's doing the work of the ministry. That's what, that's what we are called to do. And how many people don't see the need, the bigger need than comfort is for friends. And the bigger need is for the word of God. To encourage people with the word of God. Verse 14, he says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much or great harm. Uh, may, a lot of versions just take out the word may and say, the Lord repay him according to his works or according to his deeds. You must, you also must be aware of him for he has greatly resist, resisted our words. He's greatly remisted the teachings and the message that the apostle Paul had been bringing. Now it could be that this guy, this name Alexander is a very common name. It could be that he helped with the apostle Paul's arrest. But, but Paul says here, everybody needs to be careful. This guy could be one of the two guys that in 1 Timothy chapter 1 that was excommunicated from the church. He got the left foot of fellowship, we call it. He was asked to leave. Some of you are like, what does that mean? When you welcome somebody to a church, you give them the right hand of fellowship. When you ask them to leave, you give them the left foot of fellowship. They ask them to leave, and, and some people do not go away quietly. They got to go talk baloney to everybody. So it could be that. It's a common name. We don't know. But Timothy would know who it was, that this is an enemy of the gospel. Timothy would know this was a relentless persecutor of the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul says, may the Lord repay him for his work, probably quoting Psalm 62, 12. Basically, the Apostle Paul knows this. When it comes to Alexander the coppersmith, God will have the final say. May the Lord repay him. God will have the final say in this matter and everything on that day. Verse 16, he says, At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me or deserted me. May it not be charged or counted against them. But the Lord, and remember when, when he uses the word Lord, he's talking about Jesus Christ stood with me or by me and strengthened me. Why would the Lord strengthen him? He tells us, so the message might be preached fully through me. Another version says, so that I might fully preach the word and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. We don't know who the mouth of the lion is. It could be Nero, Caesar Nero. It could be Satan who got into Caesar Nero, or it just could be death itself. Verse 18, and the Lord will deliver me. Some versions say, rescue me from every evil work and preserve me for or bring me safely to where? His heavenly kingdom. 
And so what does he say in words to that, that he's going to heaven? To him be glory forever and ever, amen. What does he say? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I was on trial. I lost. They're going to cut my head off. Praise the Lord, I'm going home. Turning from his needs, need for friendship, the need for a blanket, the need for the books, he turns to an update on his situation, his trial, as things grow more serious. Now, we don't know what his first defense is. It could be his first Roman imprisonment, or it could be, in this arrest, the arraignment for the arrest. You know, the arraignment is when they pull you in. Some of you have been arraigned, I know. Uh, when they pull you in for an arraignment to decide if they're going to have a trial or not. And the Apostle Paul says, everyone deserted him. Now, it's quite possible to stand with a man accused of a crime against Caesar could be risky. You say, what was his crime? He's just telling people about Jesus. Well, Romans believed that Caesar was Lord. When he, Paul's going out saying Jesus is Lord, he is in effect saying, guess who's not Lord? Caesar is not Lord. Now, in this trial, possibly Luke had not yet arrived, but notice the Apostle Paul's not bitter. He prays that the Lord would not count it against his friends that were not with him. But he tells us the most important thing in verse 17. He says, the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ was with me and strengthened me so I could share the good news. In other words, the Apostle Paul says, I got the opportunity to tell the court why I was on trial. Could you imagine that? Do you have anything to say for yourself? As a matter of fact, I do. And who knows if Caesar himself was even there because this guy was, had become a pebble in the shoe of the Roman Empire. And so who knows Caesar Nero could be there. So he says, I'm on trial for proclaiming the good news that God became a man, lived a perfect life in our place, died a sinner's death in our place, and rose from the dead so that all who would put their trust in him would have the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. And while we think, okay, there he is standing there before the court, he really knows he stands before God. And do you know that every time you proclaim the gospel, whether people believe it or not, God is glorified. Remember, there is an unseen world. And every time we declare the good news, God is glorified before the unseen world. And so he does like, I stand before God and I know God will rescue me. And what does he say? Even if they kill me, in verse 18, the Lord will bring me to his heavenly kingdom. In other words, this is not the end of my journey. My journey has just begun. The apostle Paul's eyes are focused on the eternal realities versus the temporary state of this world. He is excited about what is in store for him. He says, initially, the Lord rescued me from death, but now I know he will rescue me through death. See, some of us have been rescued from death, but the Lord will rescue us if he, does, if he does not return but while we're still alive. He'll rescue through death. Do you know that death is how God brings his children home? That is how he does it. 
through it all, including every evil work, the Lord has kept him faithful to the end, to which his response is, to God be the glory. Verse 19 throws out some greetings. He says, greet Prisca and Aquila, a married couple and his old friends in ministry, probably in Ephesus in the household of Onesiphorus. We believe he's dead, but his family remained faithful. Verse 20, Erastus stayed in Corinth, but Trophimus I have left in Miletus sick. So he didn't heal everyone. He healed a lot of people, but not everyone. Verse 21, do your utmost to come before winter. But there was no sea travel in the winter. So if he doesn't get there before winter, he's not coming until the spring. Next, the Apostle Paul names some people in the church in Rome that would be glad to see you coming, Timothy. Eubulus greets you, as well as Pudens. Linus, we all know him, close friend of Charlie Brown. <laughs> Claudia, or as our friends from South America say, Claudia. <laughs> and all the brethren. And then his final words. This is it. The last thing he gives us, the Lord Jesus Christ, Timothy, the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Grace be with you, but that you is plural. Amen. So he basically says, Timothy, the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And to the church, it tells us this, these letters, this letter was meant to be read to the entire church and passed around to other churches. Grace be with all of you, with all of you. That's us. We're in the Bible. Did you know that? We're in the Bible. Grace be with all of you. Timothy, may the Lord Jesus Christ be with you as you continue the work. Stay faithful. May you experience the presence of the Lord in your life. Because loved ones, there's going to be a lot of days when that is all you have. That's all you have. And God has called each and every one of you into his kingdom. And some days, that calling is it. There is nothing else that you have. And that's enough. For Timothy and for all of us, there will be storms of opposition. We will be misunderstood as we hold out salvation to the world. And in his final days, you get the impression the Apostle Paul sees himself following in the footsteps of Jesus. And if you're taking notes, Psalm 22. Deserted and executed. Yet asking God to forgive. Remember Jesus from the cross, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. You know, we only think of that, it's just about the people that are killing him, but it's also the apostles that deserted him. It's also the people that gave up on him. Delivered from death and by the mouth of the lion and from the mouth of the lion by the power of God. Yet Jesus was different. The apostle Paul has people with him. He has God standing there with him. But on the cross, Jesus was completely alone. He was completely alone. No sense of God the Father with him at all. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, all through the Bible, all through the Gospels, he always calls him my Father, but now it's all of a sudden my God. My God, why have you forsaken me? Also those 
who would repent and believe, who would turn to God and put their trust in Jesus, could get to the kingdom of heaven. That is the good news of Jesus Christ. And the plural of of grace be with you shows us that we all stand before God together as the body of Christ, as God's family, as God's people. And that this letter is for all people to read. Why? To get us ready for that day with all our sins forgiven and the crown and the rewards given to us for serving the Lord especially when it was inconvenient. So as you pursue the Lord, remember the grace of God. Remember his perfect faithfulness and the strength he gives you to serve until he calls you home. And until then, may we all be faithful until the end. Thank you for spending the last half hour with Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to help you deepen your relationship with Christ no matter where you are in your journey. Teaming with Changed by Love financially makes it possible to reach thousands, many more than you and I could reach on our own. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Please consider a generous gift today. Give safely and securely online at changedbyloveradio.org. You'll find our address there too if you'd rather send a check. You can always reach us by phone at 862-217-9686. It takes a team to encourage thousands. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney. changedbyloveradio.org.